0: Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Colin Kaepernick lead-up and lead-in to his workout from the NFL, sponsored by it. We're also going to talk about some major League baseball little bit, some NHL, some NFL, some NBA. Of course, we're going to go in, have it upon further review, and all that other stuff as well. But for right now, headlines, please. (music) Dayline College Football. Really, the only game you have to concern yourself with is in the Plains, and when normally we when we say the Plains, we're talking about Auburn, Alabama. No, 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 not the game Auburn versus Alabama. No, no, no. The city, Auburn, Alabama. The deep south oldest rivalry will reconvene as Georgia visits Auburn, Alabama in Jordan-Hare Stadium and the ramifications are as follows. If Georgia wins, they basically would... Mm, the chances, I would say, of Oregon advancing very far. They would pretty much eliminate Alabama's chances because then when Alabama faces Auburn and beats them, they would beat probably their toughest opponent. Who would have four losses on the season. Also, you would have Georgia who, of course, if they win, they would clinch the SEC East. They would help themselves. In getting to the SEC championship game with a win or get in scenario against LSU. Because more than likely, they're going to win the SEC West. Here's what I find interesting and funny about it. Alabama has to become the biggest fan of their rival in order to have a centilla of a chance to make it to the college football playoff. Oh, I love the irony. <laughs> it's awesome. D-line Cleveland. You know what? We're going to pump the brakes on that because we're going to talk about that game later. Final score is 21-7 Cleveland. But you know where you want to hear this. I'm going to save that for later. D-line Boston. So he was averaging 19 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He shot... from the field and 43% from three. This was looking really good for one Gordon Hayward. The, I guess you could say, forward extraordinaire for the Celtics. Everything looked fine and all of a sudden, he hurt his hand. So Hayward earlier this week had surgery on said hand to repair a fourth metacarpal fracture in his left one. And the prognosis is he's going to miss six weeks. Now, it's not as horrendous as the injury he suffered two years ago when the very first game of the year he basically broke his leg. One of the most gruesome injuries we would have ever seen. But he will be he will return, and hopefully he will return by the new year. Head coach of the Celtics, Brad Stevens, had this to say about the injury. And these words were hopefully, to encourage one Gordon Hayward. Quote, I just told him to keep his head up. At the end of the day, that's all you can do. He's worked hard. He'll be in good shape. He'll keep us in good shape. And he'll be ready to go when he gets back. Close quote. I 100% agree with that sentiment. And Gordon, just keep your head up, homie. Just like you had to work two years ago to get back on the court and now you're back and you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're going to get back there probably sooner than six weeks so yeah, keep your head up homie Dateline Pittsburgh now I know this is going to disappoint one of my co-workers the Penguins forward Sidney Crosby will be out six weeks following core muscle surgery We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming for this special report. This just ended the Cold Sports News Desk. Carmelo Anthony has, after one year, found himself a team. The suitor of the team, well, that is going to be the Portland Trail Blazers. And hopefully... Mr. Anthony will understand that he is not going to be a number one or number two or number three even option on the team because they do have Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and, of course, they have Yusuf Nurkic. I have said this on Snowman in the Morning with Brian Snow. Check out that episode. You would enjoy it, I think. I said that basically the the Blazers are looking for a Vinnie Johnson type, a guy who just straight out the bench could heat up and keep the offense going, should there be any issues and difficulty executing whatever game plan they have or if things were to just simply bog down and break down. We'll have more in terms of contract negotiations and how how long and how much he's going to earn in later episodes. But after one year of being on the sidelines, Melo now has a team. This has been a special report from Cole Sports. Now, back to the regularly scheduled programming already in progress. d Moscow! Habib Nurmagomedov normally is a mild-mannered guy until he steps in the octagon. He simply wants to beat up people when he has matches in UFC. But the MMA fighter felt the need to just get this take off. He doesn't really enjoy beating down people unless that person's name is Conor McGregor. When asked about that, he said, uh, quote, In the last couple of years, I've gone out there and won, and it doesn't bring me any real joy, to be honest. Well, with the exception of one fight, let's say. In that fight, I beat that guy with pleasure, I'll tell you. Close quote. That's sort of understandable. Understandable. Why would he say something like that? Well, if you were to have a guy who were to throw things at your bus and charge the bus and act absolutely belligerent and a fool, and this isn't a lead up to your fight. This is just because it's Thursday. It would rub you the wrong way, too. And I think Nurmagomedov said that uh, some of his entourage was hurt, too, in that brawl in Brooklyn on the tour bus, which happened. So... Yeah, Habib was like, yeah, I need you to get these bombs off. And, man, I enjoyed every single second of the punishment I offered Connor. Now, for those of us who'd want to see that fight, uh Nurmagomedov said, uh, look, this guy needs to fight 10 fights before he gets to me. He's not even worthy to step in the octagon with me. <laughs> the pure hatred Nurmagomedov has for McGregor is funny. But I, I have to admit, McGregor earned every bit of it. Dayline college football once again. After the Titanic win, LSU got vaulted up to number one. And even with the butt whooping that Ohio State put on Maryland, they had to drop from number one to number two. Number three is Clemson. And number four, that was going to be the challenge. Which team was going to go there? Were they only going to drop Alabama one slot for number three? Or were they going to vault Georgia, who was waiting in the wings at number five? Well, they chose the latter. And Georgia is in the number four slot in the CFP running. Alabama only dropped two spots to number five. Now, there were some people who had issue and took umbrage with it. Unfortunately, when you have a squad, and I've said this to many people who is a blue blood in the cash cow. You're going to see them get as many opportunities as possible to get into the final four, simply because they bring fans, they bring money, they bring prestige and they bring respect. Well, not respectability, but they bring credibility to whatever pool in which you are placing these teams in. Alabama is one, Ohio State's another, Oklahoma has been another two. Unfortunately, their play, especially with their defense, is not even worthy for them to even sniff the top four. They barely can sniff the next four. And they have a game coming up in Baylor. Hopefully they can right the ship. Maybe the defense could play a little better. And maybe they can prove that the loss they had in Manhattan to Kansas State was a fluke. Who knows? What I do know is LSU looks like they are just Barreling straight ahead with no team That's going to stop them Maybe for the exception of Ohio State What's going to happen Next week? Tune in and find out Later we're going to go Into the thing That happened in First NHG Stadium in Cleveland We're going to have upon further view A cherry on top of this episode But immediately following the break Colin Kaepernick Is he kneeling Or is he playing We'll find that out as I Go If the pain that you're suffering is so unbearable, so painful, so bad, so horrendous that you just simply can't see the forest for the trees, literally, that all you can feel is heartbreak and loss, well, I have a free audio for you. It is titled, How to Heal from Heartbreak. Let it all come to you so you can be about the business of healing. Today is a new day. Claim it at GetOverDivorce.org The ATL is epicenter for drama What do I mean by that? Well, earlier this week it was just sprung on all of us That the NFL was going to stage a workout for Colin Kaepernick And they were going to do so at the Falcons, Atlanta Falcons, headquarters Which is placed in Flowery Branch, Georgia which is roughly, for those who are not in the ATL area, uh, you can say it's about maybe 40-ish miles northeast of Atlanta. Well, that is where the NFL eyes are going to be on Saturday. But it's been a mess already. And why do I say that? I'm gonna go in. 32 teams all don't really need a quarterback, but many have promised to have some staff member of their teams be there. What do I mean? Well, the NFL announced on Tuesday that the embattled, controversial former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick is going to have a workout and a plan to have said workout at the Falcons facility. In Flowery Branch. Now, the particulars of all of this has been absolutely screwy. Let me put it that way. It, it's been it's been a mess. And the fact that we only have less than a week from the announcement to when the event's going to happen, for it to happen, that's red flag number one. Red flag number two is the fact that we're doing this in the middle of the regular season, and I'll get to that point in a minute. Red flag number three. You're dealing with a guy who you went to legal war with and lost to him. So I'm thinking this has something to do with the settlement, but it was done in a lackluster fashion. All right. Let me go back to point number two. Now, for those who are unaware of how the NFL is laid out in in terms of how they do their week scheduling during the season. Okay. We'll start with Wednesday. Teams normally come, the team normally comes in to wherever they hold their practices, wherever their practice facility is. They look over tape of this coming Sunday or Monday's game. And they, you know, look at tendencies as to what their opponent does. And then they start to devise plans and strategies and ways to stop what they do best. Then Thursday, they do like a walkthrough after they've had meetings and they've gone over strategy and they get a feel of what the opposing team is going to do. Then Friday is a dress rehearsal. You have the practice squad who is supposed to mimic and mirror what the opposing team is going to do to them come Sunday. And then come Saturday, that's a travel day. And normally, teams will be in hotels. Even some teams would do this if they even have a home game. So they'll probably get to their hotel if they're on the road or they get to the hotel when they're at home. And they may do a another walkthrough at the hotel. Sunday's the game. Then depending on if they win or lose, if a team is if a team wins and the coach is generous, the team may have off Monday. Or if they're like business like the Patriots, they still will come back Monday and they will basically dress down what they did in the game yesterday. Or the game a day before, and they will chronicle the things that they didn't do right, the things they did right, they want to continue, and tendencies they may see other teams mimic and mirror because your team showed a weakness. If your team loses, you will definitely be doing this on a Monday, which leads to Tuesday. And during the regular season, the day that normally is scheduled. For the NFL players to do pretty much nothing outside of Monday when they're healing from whatever war they went through that Sunday is Tuesday. They may do some lifts. They may do, they may, may do some interviews. Normally, when you, when you think about it, think long and hard about it. When you hear coaches or players do interviews or have shows or be, po- uh, be on podcasts, Normally, the days you normally hear them do it or the days they're free enough to do it happen to fall on a Tuesday. Well, that's why. Tuesdays to an NFL player is their Sunday for pretty much the rest of us. This would have been the day if they wanted to do it in the middle of the year for the scheduling of a workout to have happened. Didn't happen. They chose Saturday and Tuesday was normally would be the day that you would have owners and general managers freed up. And those are the people that the Colin Kabbardi camp wants to, wants to be at the workout. He wants to have the decision makers see him do his thing. They won't be because Saturday, both owner and general manager of every team is going to be with their team. So, that's not going to happen. So, more than likely, it's going to be like a scout who's going to be there. And similar, almost similar to like a a, a pro day. Similar to that. Maybe not the exact same, but similar. So, uh, I, I see this already. NFL is on the wrong foot. And you already have a guy who has shown you that mm, if he sniffs something that's going to be wrong, he's going to go another way and another route. Here's what I have to say about that, too. Now, if and I do mean this with all sincerity, if Colin Kaepernick is serious about wanting to be a pro, wanting to be in the NFL, wanting to play. Then he would do the workout as mandated by the NFL. If he wants to prove that there's something foul, fishy, and screwed up with how the NFL does their business, you may see other things happen too. So considering how all of this happens, I can almost picture something awry about to happen. I would be completely surprised if Colin gets to the workout. He does the workout as scheduled and then he goes on. I will tell you what I think about what happened in the workout that Colin has has attended in next week's show today because this is at recording only a few hours before he's set to be at Flowery Branch. I just get the feeling that this is not gonna go the way none of us want. You know how we feel right now that whenever we talk about the NFL and Kyle Kapnick we feel inconclusive because you got some people in one camp who says he's un American, he sucks and and that he shouldn't even think about being on the NFL field and you have the others who are saying he's been blackballed and castigated and brushed aside and he should be on the field in the NFL this inconclusive understanding of the NFL and Colin Kaepernick understanding you know how you feel now I get the feeling we're gonna feel the same way after this workout and the same people who said that he's un-American will continue to say he's un-American. The same people say he sucks. are going to continue to say he sucks. And the same people who think he's being blackballed, I'm sorry, wrong word, uh, castigated and impugned and disrespected and insulted. You're going to have the same people still say the same thing after this workout too. That is what I feel. So basically what I'm saying is it's great that he has this workout impending I think it's going to be just as inconclusive after as it has been before. And we're going to basically be in the same holding pattern as 2016 when he actually was on the field. And and you saw this one person give a polarizing viewpoint as to how he upsets people or invigorates and inspires them. It didn't change then. It didn't change when he became a sports person, sports person for Nike. I don't think it's going to change when he sets foot on a field to show his wares as a quarterback. In some cases, it's going to be great theater. In other ways, it's going to be an exercise in futility. But hey, we get entertained a little bit more from this circus. back the adult of the week (laughs) you've tuned into the classiest sports show on the planet cool sports From the vault, a look back at a key moment in sports history. November 16th, 1991. Number one, Florida State hosts their biggest arch rival, number two, Miami in Tallahassee. It was due to be the game of the century and the most anticipated matchup in 20 years in college football. And the children didn't disappoint on the field. After Florida State went up 16-10. to Miami came back. And scored a touchdown to make the score 17-16. And Florida State drove down the field. To have a 34-yard field goal with 29 seconds to go. Decide things for Florida State and Miami. Keith Jackson. And this take it away. So. It's for a win. This could be for a national championship. It's up. Missed it to the right. The game has been dubbed Wide Right One because there's been more wide right misses in Keith situations in this same rivalry but this started the franchise being named White Right as the Miami Hurricanes went on to share the national championship in 1991 but the program wasn't the same since Florida State licked their wounds and they continued onward to miss more kicks to the right Oh, and one to the left Wide right one Becomes a thing On this date In 1991 From the vault Brought to you by Goal Sports Hey You You wanna write are you a blogger? Do you feel the need that you can express yourself, but you want to do so through manuscript? Or are you a journalist? Well, come on down to the Breaks Media. We are looking for bloggers just like you. And it doesn't matter what field and what you want to write in, we want to see you and your words put on paper. Well, put on virtual paper. Just go on to the Breaks or email thebreaksmedia at gmail.com and we. We'll be glad to receive your request and put you on the fast track to have your words be read by thousands of people. The Breaks Media, we're looking for writers just like you. In the air. Time ain't wasting. It. Let's get to it. Dalt OF the week. Dota the week is sponsored by nobody, but we still are going to give it to you straight. With no chaser, the winner of this episode's Dalt OF the week is. No Mm -mm. The winners Of this episode's Dota the Week Are Miles Garrett And Mason Rudolph Garrett The defensive end for the Cleveland Browns. Rudolph, the quarterback, the backup quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. These two share center stage in dolt of the weakdom because they can't keep their cool on the field. Let's deal with the particulars first, shall we? Eight seconds ago, the Browns in Thursday night football action already have the game well in hand there at home. They're about to get their second straight home win in the same week. When a pass that Rudolph threw to the flat to avoid a sack was gotten rid of right before Garrett gave him a bear hug. But Garrett decided he wanted to complete it all and forced rudolph to the ground he didn't throw him to the ground or shove him to the ground they both tumbled to the ground rudolph didn't like that he took a little umbrage to it he decided to dig underneath the helmet of miles garrett to try to take it off and snatch it off and he twisted his neck garrett not liking what rudolph did got up grabbed rudolph by the face mask snatched the helmet off his head and held it like a trophy with his right hand. In the midst of it, Rudolph had his right foot on Garrett's groin. So, by that time, you had two offensive linemen for the Steelers try to de-escalate the situation, one of them being Marquis Pouncey, and they backed Garrett away, and Garrett seemed to let cooler heads prevail a bit. That was... Until a helmetless Rudolph got back up and charged, silly, at Mr. Garrett, who was holding Rudolph's helmet in his right hand. And with the helmet in right hand by Garrett, he reared up, he swung it, he connected on top of Rudolph's head. And then that prompted one of the offensive linemen for the Steelers to knock Garrett to the ground. And then Marquise Pouncey basically doing MMA style stuff, throwing punches and kicking Garrett while on the ground. Now, that is how the play broke down. How did the suspensions and punishment break down? Well, not even 12 hours after the, well, I should say 12, not even 16 hours after the event took place, Garrett ended up receiving An indefinite suspension. He is definitely suspended for the rest of this year. I will tell you what I think that suspension should be later. You have Marquise Pouncey, the center for the Steelers. He went out three games, basically for punching and kicking Garrett. And Browns offensive lineman Larry Ogunjobi, he got suspended one game for shoving Rudolph to the ground after he advanced, helmetless I may add, At Garrett. Rudolph. As of this recording. Has not gotten any punishment. You see a problem with that here? Okay. Now. particulars have been gone out the way. Now let's get down to the brass tacks. The problem here is. You have to understand. The NFL has been cautious about. CTE and concussion issues. They want to. They want to be purveyors of player safety. They want to they want to infuse that into the lexicon of the American public because they want to have children play this game because that's what it's about. They don't want this game to be extinct. They don't want it to be barbaric. They don't want the game to be considered something that no one can play. They want the little tykes to play they want the five or six year olds to play and they want them to see that this is not a barbaric sport. You're not going to get hurt severely. You're not going to be injured severely and you won't die. Hopefully from playing football, it's a safe sport. It's great. It's, it's competition at its finest. You get a little aggression out. That's what the NFL wants to project to the little children. now, what they project and what the league is—two different stories. Because you're dealing with guys who simply in their twenties and thirties, who have testosterone that just runs completely overboard, and you have incidents like what we saw Thursday. Garrett swung a helmet on a helmetless guy. So right there, you knew you you knew he was going to see many game suspensions. You knew it. My issue is people have gone ham on Garrett saying, well, that was barbaric. He should not have done it. That is, you know, this has been the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Uh, 33, four years ago, I saw Lyle Alzada snatch a helmet off an offensive lineman and toss it in his direction. Saw it on the field. And if memory serves it correct, I don't even think Alzada got ejected, much less suspended. Much less lighter in the wallet. And he was on film later. After he got calm. And said I don't like the guy. And I wish I could shove the helmet down his throat. (laughs) This is in the 80's. You can say well. President Hessman said. Well in in the light of. A guy swinging a helmet on a helmetless guy. And connecting on the head. Yeah. This is uncharted territory. However. What to me is also uncharted territory is the simple rule of if you're in a fight, you have to be culpable for something in it. When I was younger, my father said to me, look, if you're in a fight with somebody, you handle your business, but understand you're going to be in trouble for being in a fight, whether you started it or ended it. This is what my father told me when I was younger. And when I got to be of age, I totally understand why, you know, you know, that you want to eliminate any type of threat of violence that could happen, whether it's the instigator or the person defending themselves. I get that. However, why is it that in this instance and situation, Rudolph goes scot-free while Garrett gets the brunt of the punishment? Almost all of it. Now, I'll get to Garrett in a second. To Rudolph Son You dug underneath a man's helmet You twisted the guy's neck You then kicked the man's groin Now you could say you were defending yourself But you could defend yourself Without having to resort to kicking a man the groin And trying to twist his neck Because to me That is almost as dangerous As getting clobbered over the head Being helmetless Because you could mess a guy's neck up And We ain't gonna talk about groin Stuff That goes without saying, but for you to possibly be fine, and I mean possibly, not definitely, possibly be fine and not suspended for trying to injure somebody yourself, that is egregious to me. Because Mr. Rudolph, and I've said this in many circles, I'm going to say it on air, deserves to be suspended for three games. Yes, you heard me correctly. He deserves to be suspended for three games. One game for twisting the guy's neck and trying to get Garrett's helmet off of his head. One game for kicking a man in the groin. And then one game for being stupid. Son, I don't care how angry you are. You got to take a, you got to assess the situation. You're playing the position where you're supposed to be the smartest man on the field. You're supposed to be the smartest man of the 22 on the field. Assess the situation. You already considered to, to be treated with kid gloves in the first place. You get up. You don't have a helmet on your head and you're going to charge at somebody with your helmet in his, in his hand. He's already angry. You already pissed him off. What are you thinking, man? Come on. Just for being stupid, you deserve to be suspended for that game. That one game, just for that, you need to be suspended the game. It is upsetting to me that Rudolph gets scot free. He, he gets a get out of jail free card. And I say this to people: so if someone were to twist your neck, try to gouge something in your eye, or or pull something off of you, and kick you in the groin, if you're a man. And you defend yourself, you get hauled off, you get hauled off into jail. The other person doesn't even touch a jail cell. You think that's fair? That is what's happening here. No, sir, that is completely unfair. And this isn't a well. S- since Garrett did his thing, why didn't Rudolph do his thing? I mean, and get tr- and get in trouble for doing his thing? No, no, no. Because what Garrett did is inexcusable But also what Rudolph did Is completely inexcusable Along with him Now off of Rudolph On to Garrett I'm going to apologize to you sir Because you have been Unfairly coached You have been coddled You have been Enabled Because you have been Fine for the same thing, not necessarily for swinging the helmet, but for unsportsmanlike conduct. You've been fined for punching a player. 10000 for punching a player, $42,500 $42, for unsportsmanlike conduct. Fine. You've been penalized for unsportsmanlike conduct penalties three times, and I'm only talking about this year with all of those infractions. None of those times did head coach Freddie Kenseth or any of his staff say to you, son, you can't do this because you're going to mess the team's fortunes up. We plan to go to the playoffs. You cannot screw us up and pull bushly crap like this. No, none of that verbiage happened to you because they aren't even caring about you in that vein. But all of a sudden they have something to say when you decide to haul off And hit a guy sans helmet over the head. So yes, you are a microcosm of what's wrong in Cleveland. It's a toxic situation there. Now directly to you. You're at fault, young man. You're 23 years old. That's not how you're supposed to handle yourself as a man. Get angry? Yeah. But be at a place where you... Or striking someone in this case who's not equally as protected as you are. There's a little bit of cowardice that's there. And I know that you had all of these testosterone things run rampant without you, throughout you. I get it. I know it. I understand it. Been there. Been there. But you can't let it overtake you like it did. You can't do that, Miles. Everything that I've heard about you, has been your wonderful stand-up guy. But everything I'm seeing about you on this field is not so good. And now you have this as an exclamation point, and unfortunately for many people who did not know you, now I knew you long before this incident, but many people who did not know your name will only think of you as, oh yeah, that's the guy who decided to bash the quarterback of the Steelers over the head, and the quarterback of the Steelers did not have a helmet on his head. Listen to these words I'm about to tell you, young man. This is when you truly have to be a man. A man is not basically when you blow out the candles for the 21st time on your birthday. A man is when you make a mistake because you made a mistake. You stand up for yourself. You atone for that mistake, you repent for that mistake, and you grow to be stronger because of it. And you turn that mistake into a lesson. So I hope, I pray, I sincerely wish that you take this incident that happened November 14th, 2019, with eight seconds to go, game 10 of the 2019 regular season in the NFL, 100th year. I hope you take this, learn from it, grow from it, and be a better man because of it. Because I guarantee you, you're going to hear so many people say you are this, this, this all the time. I don't think you are that. Prove me right, Miles. a cherry bomb in the NHL upon further review perfect is next this is going to sound strange the only creative thing I did other than martial arts was painting and now as an adult I pretty much write books while I was doing jiu-jitsu actively I also like self taught myself guitar MMA fighter podcast host and author Mark J. Retorto reveals himself on Revelations that's on Pippa.io and all major podcast directories sports we're going to get into week 13 of the college football slate penn state and ohio state will be the highlight game of that week week 12 will begin in the nfl and we're going to see hmm, some issues with colin kaepernick more from it the fallout what people are saying what colin is saying how things are going we're going to unwrap and uncover that Go in on a subject, have a further for a review subject. And I'm going to say right now, it's going to focus on NBA load management. So tune into next week's episode. Colin Kaepernick, college football, load management. All of that is next week. ColdSportsWithZ.com is where you come for all the sports news. That's for next week though. For this week, for today, for right now. It seems like we're having similar issues north of the border as we have here in the States. A commentator has said something and he got in hot water for it to the point where he got fired. I'll go a little further into this and upon further review. Don Cherry Now for, for many people Who don't follow the NHL You're not going to know his name Picture A guy who looks like Santa Claus But wears colorful suits Like Steve Harvey <laughs> And a white guy uh, <laughs> That's the best way I could probably describe him He would wear colorful outfits He would wear these suits That you would say Why? Why, Don, did you even look in the mirror? He would have this one these wonderful takes about hockey, uh, some controversial, some that'll make you wince. And he would have other takes that are outside of hockey that would make you, I won't say cringe per se, as much as it would make you shake your head and scratch your head and say, on this platform, Don, really? Well he said something similar to that And he got summarily dismissed Earlier this week So for 34 years He's been A forefront figure Of Sportsnet's Canada Sportsnet's Hockey Night in Canada And he has a segment called Coach's Corner Now If you're An NHL enthusiast It is must see TV It's always been and probably will always be Must see TV because you would have players, you have reporters, you have fans and people who love the sport. They would actually gather in front of the TV between first and second intermissions of NHL games to see what Cherry is going to say. And it may not even be re- rele- relevant to whatever game they're televising. Former NHL player Tom Laylaw talks about Cherry in this vein. Quote, he's that old school guy with a diehard passion for the game and for Canada. If he was in the arena, you wanted to see him. He was a celebrity. And when we were in Canada, we gathered around the TV when he was on because it was a thrill to say something good about you. Close quote. Problem with that is the same Cherry who would grow emotional telling a a, a heartwarming story. He could also make comments that would make people think he's coming across as xenophobic. So the comments that he made that got him exited off of the show and off of the network dealt with Canadian immigration. And so on his show, he said the following, quote, you people love our way of life, love our milk and honey. At least you could pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. Close quote Now he also went on to Fox News Was on the Tucker Carlson show And he talked about those two words I got fired, he said Because I said two words You people No sir, you didn't get fired just for saying that You got fired for many reasons I think one of them is your relic That has nothing to do with you But I think what does have to do with you Is you're talking about something that mm, uh, Stick to sports That really doesn't apply here (laughs) You're not sticking to sports That's one Another is You're talking exclusionary And that's never good I don't care who you are But I get your passion Because earlier in When you talked about You people You set it up by saying this Quote, I was talking to a veteran I said, I'm not going to run the poppy thing anymore Because what's the sense? I live in Mississauga Nobody wears, okay, very few people wear a poppy Downtown Toronto, forget it Downtown Toronto, nobody wears a poppy He says, wait a minute How about running it for the people who buy them? Close quote if he were to have continued in that vein I think I would have liked what he had to say And, and for those who don't understand In Canada they celebrate Similar to how we do Veterans Day and actually on the same day It's called Remembrance Day there And the poppy flower is the official Symbol for the day And it comes and it derives from a Poem during World War One Entitled In Flanders Fields And this was a battle that took place in Belgium Where many died Onto these fields where an abundance of red flowers appeared there. And it appeared among the victims' graves as well. It inspired a lieutenant colonel in the Canadian Expeditionary Forces, his name was John McCrae to write a poem about the flower and how it symbolized resilience and remembrance. You see, sir, if you were to focus on that, I would have been with you. If you were to say something such as, we got to remember those who fought, For our country Those who died for our country We have to be bold enough to say thank you For the sacrifice that you made Because of you I'm able to be What I can do And because of you We're able to live in a free society So for those who want to live in a free society Pay Homage To the ones who are on the front lines And fought for our freedom That's it That's all you had to say Mr. Cherry You didn't have to go into a diatribe Of feeling as though people who are in your country And they're not native Canadians That they enjoy the fruits of the labor so to speak But they don't honor what you honor I'll put it this way Mr. Cherry I honor Juneteenth And and for those who don't know what Juneteenth is, is It is the day where in Texas that's when slaves knew that they were free, legally free from slavery and tyranny and all that. I celebrate that every June 19th of every year. I celebrate that. Do you, Mr. Cherry? No, you don't. Why? Because it's not on your radar. It's on mine. But do I force you to celebrate it? No. Why? Because it's not on your radar. Just like Remembrance Day is not on mine because that's not my experience. That's yours Mine is Veterans Day And me being a veteran myself I honor the veterans Who fought with me Who fought before me Who fought after me Who died because I can live the freedom Of this land That they fought hard to protect I'm not going to force you to say "Well, Celebrate Veterans Day With us in another country Mr. Cherry I'm not going to force that down your throat. So don't you force having people to celebrate something that they may or may not want to celebrate down theirs. Just because you're old and crotchety and 85 does not give you the right to say, well, heck, everybody should live the way I live. No, no, it takes so many people to make this world more colorful and vibrant and beautiful. Celebrate that Mr. Cherry And don't denigrate it Now Is there some aspects of liberalism I dislike? Yes Is there some aspect of Conservatism that I don't like? Yes But I don't beat people over the head Either way because of it I live my life And I celebrate those Who want to celebrate with me And if you want to celebrate something else Fine Celebrate something else But don't be little people Because they don't believe What you do You live in a free country Just like I do Celebrate that And help other people Celebrate that with you Otherwise The you people crap That you spewed On network television Sportsnet did it right They needed to get you up out the paint Or off the ice Or off in front of the camera. Because you're stuck. In the past. If you happen to like this episode. Or any episode you've heard thus far. Subscribe. 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 Hit that button and subscribe to ColdSportsWithAZ.com. You can find that and subscribe to so many different outlets on ColdSportsWithAZ.com. Now, if you want to get exclusive content, content only you, VIP, can get to. The rest of the world is not privy to it. The Patreon button is there to click. ColdSportsWithAZ.com is where you can find it. Now, if you feel the need to say something, you don't want it to hear from my mouth. You want to say it from yourself because you have that itch to say it. Well, say it with your chest. Hit that button. Hit that button. Because if you have a question, I want to hear it. If you have a statement, I want to hear it. Cold Sports VIP speak. Hit it at coldsportswithaz.com. Now, if you want to not say it, but you want to write it, well, you can email me. The button is there. It says email a Z. Hit that button, cold sportswithaz.com. That's where you can find it. Now, if you want to hear this voice on voiceovers and commercials, I am not a hard band to find. Hit that button, cold sportswithaz.com, because I do drops, of voiceovers, and commercials. Now, if you want a place where you feel safe, where you don't have to feel as though you're being castigated and insulted for the intelligent passion sports takes you have the cold sports vip room on facebook is your place you can find that at cold sports now you want to hear how i am on other shows the intelligence the intelligent sportsman is there cold sports is the place you can find how i am on other shows Now, if you want to heal from heartbreak and loss or you want to see how I get down on interviews when I interview somebody else, you can find all of that at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. That's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. You can check out ME and all of this brand at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. And it doesn't matter where you listen to me, when you listen to me, or how you do. I just want you to do these three simple things. One. I want you to love yourself, your whole heart, mind, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. You owe that to yourself. Number two, tell a friend to tell a friend about this particular program. Spread it out to the world, because they need to hear this goodness. And number three, enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson. And this is...